You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning and welcome into Cloudy edition of Inside the Locker Room. It's cloudy out there and no rain going on currently, but it is cloudy out there this morning. So be careful as you head into work. Um, 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you want to jump in on the show with us this morning. Uh, the Twitter account or X account at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download that app, the Tide 100.9 app. Put it on your smartphone. You can message us throughout the show. Uh, we got plenty of messages yesterday about court storming. So, um, anyway, nobody resolved that yesterday. But uh, you can send that, and you can also take list to the shows live and take us with you anywhere you go. Um, it's that time of year again, guys. The honeydew list is growing. It's getting warmer. And the projects are adding up. The time is right to build that new fence deck pergola you've been dreaming about. There's no better product than Yellowwood brand, pressure-treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection from rot, fungal decay, and termite attacks, so you know your project will last for years to come. Head down to that local dealer and always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Uh, With that being said, I'll kick it to Dad. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Good morning, well, I'm Justin. Good, okay. Good morning, Justin. Uh, for our listeners, uh, we always have Kevin on. We will at the bottom of the hour. Jay Billis is going to be on. Uh, he's very, very good. You know, it's controversial, but he's good. He's at a breakfast, and we're going to get him on. I said, if it's just, you know, it may be um, 8.15, maybe 8.30, maybe 8.45. I don't know when it's going to be, but we're going to touch base with him. He's, he's worth the time, but he's very... Of course, he's going to be at game day on Saturday. Last night, uh, uh, Davis kid got 42 points for North Carolina when they beat Miami. Miami's struggling some in basketball. and uh, That was the most points or tied for the most points. So that's a big deal to anybody in the, last 50, in, in the, in the past 50 years um, uh, at North Carolina. Baylor's good. They beat TCU. They're a good team. Uh, we'll We'll talk about uh, tonight's game in just a minute. George, I said this yesterday. George lost Dale McGee. Dale McGee, uh, the football coach who's been with him for a long time, is the best recruiter Georgia has. He's leaving and going to Georgia Tech as head coach. Georgia Tech coach left to go to South Carolina. Uh, in the process of that, Alabama has hired two other defensive coordinators. They're going, there's going to be four co-defensive coordinators. So you people who don't like the defense will have four people to fuss at. Four? Uh, English. Four? Yeah, they got four. They're going to name all four of them defensive, uh, defensive <laughs> coordinators. Is there a head um, defensive? Is there a yeah, head? The guy, from, the guy from South Alabama. Yeah, he's long su- supposed to be the head, but now they, in order to get these guys, they have, they have named them assistant head uh, co-defensive coordinators. Okay. Um, uh, Linguish. Uh, who I think is from, um, I want to say he's from Buffalo. He's very good. And Hitchler, 
not where it's H I T S C H E L A R Colt Colon. Those two, and then um, so he got four of them to fuss at. You've already got. Now, I, I'm not being rude, but how, how do you know he's very good? Uh, I had seen his, his record uh, where he's coached. Uh, he has a good record. Okay, because I hear all these people. Justin hears it too. When they hire people, they have yeah. no idea, and they call them home run hires. Yeah, like, well, I, no, I, 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 I just knew about Linguish. I okay. didn't know about the other guy, but I all thought right. he was supposed to be very good. So it, it doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong. No, Jeff, you may, that, I'm not saying Jeff Jones. Yeah, Jeff. I think Jeff Jones worked for Sonny. I'm not positive of that. I think he did. If it's the one, I think it is. No, he worked for, worked for Terry Holland. Yeah, and he worked for Terry Holland. And anyway, Jeff uh, has been had some health problems. He had been eating correctly. Uh, he says he's eating better now, and he he's going to retire. And a lot of these guys are getting out. The coaches are jumping around. Uh, well, you know, he had a heart attack in Hawaii. I know he did. Yeah, yeah he yeah. sure did. I'm glad you're listening today. Uh, last night, uh, I have a right, I guess, to be for certain teams in the state tournament. Now it's my, I'm from Mars Hill, and they won the girls' and boys' games. And so uh, that, that's good for them. And I'm going to go down there today. Now, they won't be playing today. They won't play till Friday. But I'm going down to watch some of the games just because I've always gone to the state tournament ever since I've, ever since I've played in 19... I ain't going to tell you what year. But I did play it one, one time, 54. Uh, bubble watching is is going on now where everybody's interested in, in watching and not really great games, you know, particularly great games uh, tonight. Uh, Kentucky's at Mississippi State. Kentucky has to be careful that if they come in shoot it bad, Mississippi State has a shot. Probably Kentucky wins a closer one than you think. I have no idea what the line is. Barry probably knows that. Um, so Kentucky's there at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Georgia and LSU, not much game there. LSU may win because they're at home. Georgia can't seem to get it going. Vanderbilt has two wins. They're going against a very disappointing Arkansas team, very disappointing, uh, that uh, is at 8 o'clock on the SEC Network. So those are three games that you can watch there. Uh, So I would say just, the sake of you know we they all enjoy who's going to be number one who's going to be this and that hey folks it's all it's all the kind of seating when that committee gets in there you know it's going to be Purdue and Houston and and Connecticut and Arizona and Marquette and Iowa State maybe Tennessee you know those that group uh, four of them will be number one that doesn't mean that uh, somebody that's number two doesn't get a better draw because sometimes uh, the the committees. In my particular case, missed it something terrible a couple of times, but that's okay. My, my case is over. Um, outside of that, Barry, I don't, I don't really have anything else that we, I didn't talk about yesterday. As most of you know, Tennessee and Virginia got a got an injunction that they can't be penalized on, on, a, on a quick a quick injunction. And then, of course, I will say this: that tomorrow Auburn goes to Tennessee, uh, of course, and um. And a, and a very big game, and it, uh, we'll see if if Auburn can, you know, can survive that game, and uh, and then uh, Alabama uh, is going to Ole Miss, and that game is going to be an eight o'clock game on ESPN two. The Auburn game is at, on ESPN two as well, but it's at six o'clock. Missouri is at Florida. Mark must Florida win probably. South Carolina's at A and M. Hey, South Carolina, you better be careful. 
A&M plays great at home. Alabama's the Ole Miss. Barry thinks that'll be a tough game. I think it probably will be somewhat tough. That's all I got. All right. Um, so y'all were right. I was wrong. Um, game day. This ain't much of a game day. Now I'm not. No. Uh, no. They were up, no. up the doors at ten. Uh, Justin the guy sent me the. Yeah, thing. Game day is from 11 to 12, and then it's over at 12, and they get you out of there, and they open the doors back up at 5.30, tip off at 7. I mean, is that worth flying here for Jay Billis? And is Jay calling the game? I would assume he is. I mean, the is that, that worth? Does, the guy that does the announcing oh, does not get on top. What The head coach will be there. There's a girl that's on there. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word girl, but a, a, a lady reporter, I'm sorry. I don't think and, she's coming. She's not in this picture. Oh, she's not? I don't okay, know. Well, they got Jay and they got uh, Seth and Jay Williams. Jay Williams to come in and he'll start, he'll start something. But anyway, I mentioned to Seth, I'll see you. He said, you won't see me unless you get there early because I'm gone when we get through. Yeah, like, I mean, they're going to fly in here, do a, yeah. I mean, an hour show. By the time you have four yeah. commercials breaks, yeah. you ain't on Well, them. it sounds like they're making something exciting out of something that ain't exciting. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, it, it ain't no big deal, man. Now, the, the AHSAA. I've said this now after going through a year. That when they get to the 32 teams, guys, they need to seed it. You know, because you could have guys in like – we had our area, we had two teams ranked in the top four. Uh, then you go match up across, you know, with a really good area team that was, that's in the final four, Helena, in the Spring Garden Elba oh, girls awful, game. Awful, awful. Je, uh, Justin, did you see the halftime score? 42 to nothing. Forty to nothing. Now, who wants to watch that? Forty to nothing. If it's forty to nothing, uh, what do you tell your team at the half? If and you're, you're down, in, if you're, you're down and, forty and, to folks, nothing, you're in a cotton picking state tournament. Four. That's why you got to say, like, who did they? Who did Elba beat to get to the final four? I'd like to see those squads. Forty. Uh, it was forty-two to nothing. 40, I think it was 42. Elba coach Sean Hammonds. I guess that's a, I don't know if it's a male or a female. It was a tough first half, she said, or he said. Duh. We just challenged them in the locker room. Like, what did you say? We told them, let's show some school pride and get after it and see if we can put the ball in the basket. Let's don't get on here and knock them back. I'm not knocking them. I'm saying we got to see this tournament. Yeah. The way you have good final four. The games yesterday, I watched Mars Hill blew that team out. But the other team. Cold Frank. Locust Fork. Yeah, Locust Fork. Uh, Highland Home, who I played, they beat somebody, Lafayette or somebody. There wasn't any good games over there yesterday. Well, I know, but we, we, you're, we probably do have to see them. But you know, bless those guys' heart that. Didn't score. But I mean, do you at, really? At did, yeah, that's, struggle. that was a, awful. That you made it and got down 40 to nothing. You probably wish you didn't even make it. Oh, of course you do. You wish you, you wish, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just, it's, it's a sad deal. Mm-hmm. I think it is. It's just awful. So today you got 3A and 4A. There'll be some better basketball over there. A little bit. Maybe. But tomorrow's going to be a good day. Uh, you got six, 5A and 6A. 6A starts out. 
1030. Uh, if you want to go over there and watch Helena, who beat us, they're playing uh, Buckhorn. And Buckhorn's supposed to have the best sophomore, one of the yeah. best sophomores in the country. And, so, and they won it last year. He won as a ninth. That's tomorrow. Round. I'm going to see. I'm going to go back, start back today. Yeah, see so him. you got uh, 9 o'clock be a really good game. Hillcrest girls play Hazel Green. Hazel Green's won like seven straight That's state today champions. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. And then you got uh, you got the Helena Buckhorn game. Then I don't know what girls game. Then you got Mountain Brook and Carver. Uh, and then I guess they'll play the five A. I guess they play that that evening or something. So anyway, we'll get to break here. We got a phone call coming in. Two men in a truck out thirteen thirty Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. As local, out of town, out of state, that the professionals handle. It. They'll take. Great care of you and your stuff. 205-247-5050. is two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. It's a very quiet, uneventful drive across T-Town this morning. Always the words you want to hear in the middle of the morning drive like this. That includes Highway 69. For those of you coming up from Hale County this morning towards the Tuscaloosa area, down from Northport, crossing over the river, Jack Warner Parkway and University, your problem and delay-free there as well. And 2059 is moving nicely both directions through the area. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. Parts of Pickens County are receiving internet broadband service this morning by a temporary substation. The broadband reports a substation on Highway 17 between Carrollton and Reform burned to the ground on Monday morning. The outage forced Carrollton City Hall, Belleville Community College, and Pickens Academy to use hotspots for emergency service until the temporary substation was up and running. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. It's free through the day. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. This report is 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want to. Y'all know what's worse than being down 41 to nothing at the half? Justin, you got an idea what's worse than that? Let me tell you what it is. Being down 41 to nine at the half when I was coaching at Wake Forest and we were playing Butler, and that was in the NCAA tournament on CBS, and we were down 41 to nine at the half. So everybody saw that. No, it's not good. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline uh, and get Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all? We're okay. How are you, Tom? I'm good. Thanks for asking. You know, I've been looking at this, uh, what I think is going to be the tournament thing. Uh, UConn, to me, is the best team in college basketball this year. 
And if they win again, so that's going to be two in a row for them. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to be like four in the last, what, five? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Look that up, Justin. Who's won it? I, mean, I don't think they've. It's the first time they've won it since Hurley's been there, and I don't think Calhoun won any on his way out. I think it's been a while since Connecticut's. No, I thought he won it on his way out. The women may have, but I don't think the men have. Justin, what we got here? Yeah, they've won national championships in 99, 04, 11, 14, and last year. So 14 was the first time, well, the other time before last year. Still, it's good. Still a lot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, I, and you know, I'm thinking that Hurley has taken them uh, where UCLA used to be. Do you agree uh, with that? No. I don't know about no, that. not no. there. No. <laughs> uh-huh. like 11 straight, Tom. Yeah. Ain't nobody going there. There's a different era that will never be, that will never be touched. Did you say national championships 11 straight? Yeah. Yeah, 10 or 11. 10 or 11. I may be one off. Yeah. That I up. did not know that. <laughs> Never mind what I said about UConn. <laughs> yeah, you don't need, you can't compare UConn to you. Nope, you can, can't compare anybody to UCLA. Only UConn and UCLA have in common that there's a C in there, and both are names. <laughs> that is funny. You know, and uh, now they're talking about coaches changing and hiring and all like that. And uh, my guy out at UCLA, Cronin, what do you make of his situation? Uh, Mix, uh, he's one of my good friends I work with at uh, East Carolina. His is his associate head coach. He's very no nonsense. He's old school. He will rip your head off. He's very serious about his. Craft. Uh, he's done a good job at UCLA, but uh, this year they're a little bit down. But they, they're they, bad. Well, <laughs> they, but they, but you look at their record. I think they're like two games over five hundred in the league. So they're they're not they're bad by UCLA standards, but not quite as bad as you. Well, compared to the previous two years, yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, I, I think uh, bad's a bad way to put it, but uh, but you know what? What do you think about him? Uh, leaving there and maybe taking the job at Ohio State or Louisville or Michigan or, or something like that. Uh, I think it'd be a real possibility. You know, he was uh, with Rick Pitino at Louisville, uh, so he could, he could certainly get that job opens, which he probably will. Because uh, UCLA, obviously, if their head football coach is leaving to be an offensive coordinator somewhere, then they don't have NIL money uh, to compete. In the same conference. Yeah. In the same conference. (laughs) So they must have some financial issues out there that he... Well, you know, that that was the thing I was going to bring up about uh, Coach Cronin is that, you know, the word is that UCLA has not got any money uh, to, to, to play the game anymore. And I just I, when I when I read that I thought you know what Cronin is fixing to be out of there too. Yeah. I, that was my thought. Dad and I were wrong. They won it ten out of twelve years, national championships. Oh uh, well, uh, let, let me say this: I stand way bad corrected <laughs> when I compare. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Uh, yeah. No. No. You kind of you said no. 
All right, get to the Yellowwood Hotline and get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope y'all are good today. We're good. We're okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Buckhorn has always, it seems like they've always got a good high school basketball team there. Well, they won it last year. Uh, that kid was just a, a freshman. Um, Holt, his last name. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see mm-hmm. if he, uh, you know, a lot of times these kids, there was a kid at Baker High School and they end up going out to another school. He stayed there for, his whole high school career, will he jump and move to one of these uh, national schools, Montverde or one of those? We'll see. But uh, yeah, he's 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 good. Six five. Where I've seen him some this year on tape, but I'd like to see him live. I may try to get up there tomorrow and watch them. But uh, Buckhorn, actually, Buckhorn coach called me the other day. I talked to him a little bit about Helena. So we'll see how how they do. They're good. Yeah. Um, I tell you, and, and I tell you, as far as the, the NCAA tournament coming up, I tell you, a team that I think could cause some damage, especially because the you know you get spacing between games and you have time to recoup, recoup and plan and, and do that. But I think Anthony Grant at Dayton is uh, he's got the kind of team that can can um, can do something, and you know they're going to play some defense, and and they're scoring pretty good, so. I think Dayton could be a, a, one of the darlings of the tournament. I've heard his name mentioned a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you just they play a little bit slower style, as people remember here in Tuscaloosa. His teams were always good defensively, not very creative offensively. Uh, but they're having they're projected a five seed, and guess who they're supposed to play. McNeese State, coached by our boy Will Wade, who's like twenty-five and three or something over there at McNeese yeah. State. So <laughs> that, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. Two former SEC coaches uh, going against each other in the first round. Well, well guys, before Kevin gets on, I'm going to say Tennessee wins the league. I'm going to I'm going to pick them to win. They've got a brutal schedule coming up, but I've, I've got them winning all four. And going fifteen and three, I've got Alabama and Auburn tied at number two, at thirteen and five, and I've got a three-way logjam at number four with uh, South Carolina, Florida, and UK all going twelve and six. Be interesting to see. You know, you want to get top four if you want to win the tournament. That gives you the best chance. That gives you the double buy. You don't play it on Friday, so uh, and I'm pretty much Tennessee and Alabama have secured that uh, right now. And I would think South Carolina is probably close. And uh, I guess I don't know. Well, South Carolina, yeah. South Carolina won't, uh, will have a, I'll put it this way. They have a very hard time at A&M. Yeah. Tonight. Right. Yeah. And they, they've got Florida, they've got Tennessee, and they got Mississippi State to close out. Auburn's got Tennessee to close out. Mississippi State, Missouri, and UGA. Auburn's got a very... Pretty darn favorable end of the schedule coming up. Alabama's got a, a, a one that's pretty decent there. You know, they end up with Arkansas, which plus you know they got to beat Ole Miss. They can beat them. I don't know if they will, but they can. But right they too. So. We'll see how that game at Florida goes too next week. Uh, you know, Florida played them. Are really kicking themselves. Should have beat them in here, didn't? And uh, we'll see. But uh, Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. struggles some offensively at times. Yeah, connects, uh, connects a great player. I hope um, I hope Waggy plays that Florida game with a face mask on. <laughs> Think somebody might pop him. Yeah, yeah. All right, he well, would deserve it. 
Y'all got something good. One. Thank you. Thank Phil. you. All right, uh, let's get to break. Let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince, Glover and Hayes, before we get to break. If you have an accident that necessarily shouldn't be an accident, or you have somebody coming after you on the highways or in your neighborhood, whatever it might be, and there's a lot of crazy things in this world today uh, that you feel like need some help with an attorney, then the best attorneys are Prince, Glover, and Hayes to get because they've been down that road with other people. They've been very successful. Three, four, five, one, two, three, four. Visit with them, go over the problem with them on the telephone, uh, go over 701 Rice Mine Road, sit down with them and, and visit with them more because they have decided to take your case. And if they take your case, and, and they do, they will do a very, very good job in representing you in the right way. Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. PrinceLaw.net is the website. They'll let you know whether it's worth to go forward. If they don't win, you don't pay. You listen to Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM. WTBC is the home of Alabama sports. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tree to pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to. Want to build a five-star backyard? There's only one choice. That is Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. Get to the Yellowwood hotline. He is a freelance rider. He raced with the Birmingham lead. Uh, watched him last night uh, up in Legacy Arena between each game. Uh, breaking it down. He even interviewed Chuck Person last night, Dad. Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Kevin. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for another uh, <laughs> long but great day of high school basketball. Eight more games today, 3A and 4A, girls and boys. No better place to be. I'm on my way down there right now. Kevin, I, uh, and I've said this after coaching here at Northridge this year, I, I think they need to – seed this tournament uh when you get to the 32 seed it so you don't have situations happen what yesterday where i think spring gardens up on elba what was it 41 to nothing at the half i mean that's that's embarrassing yeah. for those poor elba girls uh spring garden probably wants to play a game more challenging than that there weren't a lot of close games uh yesterday i think it'll pick up as you get to the higher classifications but uh just your overall thoughts of what's been going on up there at Legacy Arena. Well, yeah, and you hate that for, you know, for those girls. They had a great season. They won 20, I think it was close to 25 games right about there. Uh, Spring Garden has become a bit of a dynasty. They've got Ace Austin, of course, who's headed to Alabama. Uh, she's, I think she's just a junior. She keeps another year. Best player in that class. But, yeah, you want more competitive games, certainly when you get to the final four and if, if seeding is the way to go, I think that may be, that may be the thing to do, but it is, you know, the quality of play is so good. You know, the Highland home uh, win last night in two a. Actually a, you know, last shot situation, but they had to close it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just, there's what amazes me and, and pleases me for basketball across the state is the quality of play, though the level of talent. You got it. You've got an eighth grader. She won the MVP last year as a seventh grader for Mars Hill, uh, named Bell Hill, 
and she had a big game yesterday. They're back in the finals. You know, girls and boys, the quality of play is just so high. Yeah. And as you said, as you as you go up the ladder now, today it's 3A and 4A, semifinals tomorrow, 5 and 6A, and then 7A semis on Thursday before we get into the championship games for each classification. It's it's really heartening to see the quality of play in this state. Yeah, that. Uh, I don't know if I want to tell him this quite right. I guess I'm, I'm jumping over to football. I was on. I want to show with Greg McElroy. He says that uh, the teams that, that get the buys, it's terrible. That there's too long. It's, it's too long by the time they end their season ends when they play again. Uh, if I don't know if they go into 14 teams in football or not. Or let's just say that there's 12. He says that the teams that, that get the break on getting the buys, uh, the the period of time between the their last game, the time they play, hurts them. I think I'm telling that right. I don't know if that's correct or not, but I thought it was a pretty interesting statement to make because I just thought it was. Well, what you know, that that's an interesting thought, and it would be interesting. I'd like I'd love to see some historical data on the performance of teams. And, again, I don't know how much we have, though, because we have never had a uh, a playoff of 12 teams. We've never had four teams get a bye, the top four, while the other eight play a game. And, you know, they get fresh. They get, you know, they're, they're in rhythm. And that can be a difference. We You know, we've all seen sloppy semifinal playoff games when both teams have had a long layoff. You know, that's that's you, you deal with that in conference basketball tournaments also. You know, you finish high in, in the SEC, you finish in the top four, you get the double bye, you don't play till Friday. You get a hot team like Texas A&M, for example, re- in recent years, last year. You know, they, they're already in the tournament. You know, they've already worked up a sweat. They've already won a game or two. And you're, you're coming out there cold. Obviously, you work hard in practice, but, you know, practice can only – replicated games so closely so but yeah i'd love I, it, whatever historical data there may be well the nfl playoffs is the best i guess is the best thing we have in football to study to see how yeah. often do those teams lose how often do the teams coming off you know an open week or an extra week off how often do they lose to the teams that played the week before well it could be you know as i think about it i'm very needs to comment too i i, I think about it uh he made you know he's a smart guy um, it, it could be of some help if you got somebody banged up, and and they need the time to get their ankle well or something. It, it it could be a in some cases a plus, I guess. I didn't think about that when he went through that, um, but he was adamant on on not being as not being as good for the teams that get the bad as, as people think. Well, I mean, you have to- well, that that's a good point. Yeah, that's about about the injury situation. Even if it's not injuries per se, when you get to that point in the season, and if the SEC does in a couple of years, as it appears, go to nine conference games, everybody's banged up to some degree. Everybody's got something that's aching, throbbing, hurting. And so, you know, maybe that maybe that extra time off is more of an advantage than a disadvantage from a rhythm and flow standpoint. I like the... Uh... What worries me is, and I'm not sure, Justin, maybe you can check this. I think the national championship game is going to be the third week in in January. Uh, man, basketball yeah. already takes a back seat to football in this area. 
uh, you're going to probably have SEC teams playing. Heck, the uh, co- your conference basketball season is going to be about halfway over before some of these football SEC football teams are 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 done playing. I think the SEC office going to have to do a really good job of thinking of ways to. And these schools are to promote basketball, to get people thinking about basketball. Normally, I don't even think about it until college football is over. Do you see that being a problem, Kevin? For, for particular schools, yes. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have, obviously, you're not going to have 14 SEC sure. uh, schools in the playoff. Or, or, you know, you might have three or four. And for those schools, that could be an issue. I can remember years ago going to the spring meetings of the SEC in Destin. And as you guys know, they break up into, you know, the first couple of days they have individual meetings. The football coaches meet in one ballroom, the basketball coaches in another, the ADs in another, et cetera. And the basketball coaches, there was there was a push at one point and talk seriously about making basketball a one-semester sport. You don't start playing games until January. Of course, that eliminates March madness. It just pushes it back. That pushes it back another month or so. And then you're getting into, then you're overlapping more with college baseball. I guess there's no really perfect way to do it. No perfect calendar. You could draw up to put a spotlight on each of the sports as much as possible, but it is, it is certainly a concern. And I, and again, I don't know exactly what you can do. I don't think the one semester plan works for college basketball given the calendar and everything else that's happening. Yeah, the championship game is that in, is January 20th. So that's pretty late uh, into January. I mean, you're pretty you're into your conference season there pretty good. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. No, I don't have I, I just that was brought up, and I just wondered exactly, you know, how, how that how that deal's going to work, where they're going to go. I don't know. They may be going to go to 14. Um, uh, the new staff, at Alabama, I guess would be on the on the minds of our listeners. Um, they've hired two other defensive people to go with them, and they've all they've called all four of them co-defensive coordinators. Um, I think uh, I think coach has done a good job of sort of behind the scenes getting the staff he wants, and and I don't know how they'll do, but I think he, I think he's done a good job of coming. In. Hard to come in and follow coach, coach Saban. Uh, I think he's come in and done it the right way. They won't start fussing until he gets beat. Um, Barry and I don't. I, I, I thought the the a day game wouldn't be that big. Barry thinks it'd be pretty big. Any comments on 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 the football deal at Alabama? You know, in in, in a lot of ways, you know, Kalen DeBoer's personality, his relatively short time as a head coach at the highest level of college football, such a contrast to Nick Saban that in that sense alone, he may be the perfect person or the perfect type of person to follow such a, an outsized personality, a a legend as Nick Saban is and was because he's not calling attention to himself. He is not making news with everything he says. He's very low key for a for a football coach as accomplished as he is. So that may be perfect. And, and look, it doesn't matter. And we all have look. We all have opinions. 
we all can look at that staff and, and draw different conclusions. We can say he didn't get everybody he wanted. It would have been better had he had he been able to keep the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach he had at Washington. Those guys are excellent. That's why the Seahawks wanted them. And they, you know, they built that thing at Washington in a very, very short amount of time into a national championship contender. So that it, they, he doesn't have all of his guys or all of the guys he might have wanted originally. But we don't know how they're going to work together. We don't know how they're going to perform in recruiting. There, there is a learning curve that a number of these guys have that other assistants that Nick Saban might bring in. And he brought in guys from outside the SEC. He brought in guys that were young and didn't have big names. But he also brought in guys who did have uh, reputations and they did have experience, and they had been through the wars in the SEC. So there's really no way to know how good the staff is going to be. We can all draw conclusions and, and, and offer our opinions, but I really have no idea. Look, I'll be honest with you guys. A number of these guys I'd never heard of. I, I'd never heard of. I had to, had to look them up to, to learn any kind of biographical information about them. And that's, that's neither good nor bad. That, that's, yeah. that's just that they have not, they have not been – Coaching at Georgia or Auburn or Alabama or Florida or Tennessee doesn't mean they're not good coaches, and it doesn't mean they won't thrive in Tuscaloosa because now they've got advantages that they didn't have anywhere else they work. Uh, this is for Barry and you and you too. Uh, how long before uh, how, how surprised was Tommy Rees that he's lost his job and now he's hunting a job? Uh, finally, gets one of the Cleveland Browns. Is that does he know that? Does coach tell him that when he hires him, I'm not going to be here long? Uh, is that a surprise? Barry? What, what's the deal there? I mean, it's, that's a sad deal to me. Not sad. I don't, but would it's, you? It's, if, let me ask you this: If you were an assistant coach, now he's a young guy, and Nick Saban offers you a job, yeah, I got would it. you have had the guts to say, Coach, how long are you going to be there? Would you have had the guts to say that, or you just take it knowing you're going to work for six? No, I didn't, I didn't have the guts to say it. Kevin, would you have? <laughs> I guess it would depend on yeah where I was coming from. Look, if I was if I was good enough, and that's a stamp of approval right there. If Nick Saban offers you a job, that that is a it's a pretty good recommendation about you as a football coach. Yeah, Nick will help. So, so that so you got to feel good. You got to feel really good about where you are in the business if you get that offer. Now you you don't have to ask Nick Saban. I don't think you have to ask him that question, or you had to ask ask him that question a year ago or two years ago, because a he couldn't have given you an answer because I I don't believe he planned this for an entire year in advance. Uh, maybe he did, but I I have not seen. Good enough evidence to that. Point. I don't think he did. So, but yeah. you know, but you also know, but you also know. Look, the guy's seventy-two years old. There's a chance that every year, after every year, he could decide. You know what? I'm. I've done this long enough. I don't feel like I can do it at the level I want to do it. I don't like the way the game is changing. Whatever combination of factors ultimately led to his retirement. So you know that going in. You know it may be a one-year deal. And look, a lot of guys. If you don't, if you didn't go into <laughs> into a Nick Saban staff with the thought that you might only be there one year, either because, A, you did such a good job that you got a, an offer to be promoted somewhere else, 
or B, he suggested after the year that you weren't up to snuff and maybe you might want to look for employment elsewhere, or C, you couldn't handle the demand that he put on you. Yeah. We, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, forget that situation because that was a, that was a reality. And I think maybe it softened a little bit towards the end of his career more than, say, 10 years ago when, I mean, I've heard so many stories from former assistants of just how hard he was on those guys. How hard he drove them, and no hope that he drove himself. So not everybody could do that for long. Not everybody wanted to do it at all. Uh, Kevin, I, I hate to bring this up again, but I, I respect your opinion so much. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, when you have a legend at a particular place, and the legend doesn't want to leave, and people think it's time to leave, and and it's always hard. You know, Bobby Bowden, you go, you can go down those coaches. This Eli Gold situation, um, you know, I know they met behind closed doors. They gave him an offer. He didn't like it. Uh, he probably thought it was disrespectful to ask me to, for my last game to be the A-Day game when I've called national championship games. You don't know what they told him last year. Um, he came out on the defense saying, I, I, did, I did not retire. I'm healthy as a horse. I want to work. Were you surprised that Alabama, they were getting killed? Uh, so maybe they had to do damage control and come out and put their side of the story out, which, hey, we did offer him this. Uh, he turned it down. I, I was hoping Alabama would just take the high road and let it go, uh, but they didn't. Uh, so this thing's a little bit messy now. You hope in time they can patch all that up. Just your thoughts about how all that went down and maybe what should have happened or was there, was there no way to keep it from being messy? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case. Look, Eli did fantastic work for Alabama and, and for other teams, programs, schools, sports for a long, long time. And when you're as good as he's been for as long as he's been and you're still capable if you still feel like you can go out there and you still have your fastball and you can still do what, you, what you've done and love to do for so long, it's only natural to want to keep doing it as long as you can. But it also, but in this, this was a unique situation because you've also got a guy in Chris Stewart who has paid his dues, who is immensely talented himself, who has been there, what, 25 years? It's not like... He's some young whippersnapper, although he, he still looks like he, he still looks like he's not that far out of Montevallo, but he's, he's a pro and he's very, very good. And he was at the point, I think, and I don't know that he would have left to go somewhere else. I understand he had opportunities. Obviously, Alabama is close to his heart. He's been there so long. He's invested in it. They've invested in him. It's a no win situation either way. You know, Chris is ready to be the voice of Alabama, football and basketball, et cetera. There's no doubt about that, and, which Eli has been for a long, long time. And so if Eli did not want to go gently into the good night professionally, and he clearly does not, then it was inevitable that this, this was going to get a little messy. But I, I want to say this. No matter what anybody says now, no, no matter any criticism that the university takes, Greg Byrne takes, Eli takes, it does not take away yeah. from what Eli Gold has been as a broadcaster, 
as a person and who Chris Stewart is as a broadcaster and a person. Alabama has been fortunate to have Eli Gold as its voice for so long, and they are fortunate that Chris Stewart is picking up that baton. That's uh, that's that's following a legend with a legend in in waiting, as about as about as at a high level as at as as at high a level as you can expect. I respect both of those guys. I consider myself friends with both of those guys. Eli has helped me immensely when I got into radio. He gave me so much good advice. He was always willing to talk. And, and I've known Chris for forever as well. So, I, again, I think we should – this is a case where I think everybody should take the high road. I think everybody and, – and look, and I, I, I do not think one ounce less of Eli Gold for not for, – for saying, hey, look, I, this was not me. I did not want to go. This was their decision, and I'm going to keep working. And I don't think any less of Alabama either. So, again, difficult situation, but Alabama has been fortunate for decades. And they're going to be fortunate, I believe, for decades to come in that spot. You hope time will heal it and he can come back and be properly uh, thanked, maybe on the field or whatever, by the crowd. You know, you, hopefully time will heal those wounds. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, right, Kevin? Well, knowing Eli somewhat as a person, I, I have a feeling that at some point that he will, I, I won't say relent, or back down, but but allow himself to be allow Alabama to honor him the way he should be honored. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I, I would prefer not to comment. Sure, on it. sure. I, I just don't want. To. It's just there's no. It's just tough. Uh, it's a tough situation. I just wanted to get. And Kevin, I think you said it perfect. Uh, you know, there's you understand all sides. To be quite honest with you, and uh, so. He chose to go. You know, it's funny, Barry. I feel like I feel like not not on their level, obviously, but I feel like I've been on both sides. You know, I was the I was the young, ambitious beat writer, starting in the business, working with legends like Clyde Bolton and Al Hoos and Jimmy Bryan, and and I and I was you know I bristled for a while. I wanted to be a columnist. I, after you know my my first writing job with the news as the Auburn beat writer, I wanted to be a columnist, and I had to wait my turn. I had Al Van Hoosh retired, and and then Clyde Bolton became the lead columnist, and then I became the second columnist. And I bristled. Why is the second columnist? I wanted to be the lead columnist uh, because I thought I was I was good enough and had proven my ability to do that. But I had to wait my turn until Clyde retired. I was able Clyde, to still Clyde do a lot of the column stuff. Yes, yeah. The last, uh, it's been a little while since I've seen him, but yeah, he's uh, he was the same old Clyde last I saw him. Last I saw him. Well, Kevin, we appreciate it. We know you guys, uh, you and Bart Heist got a long day ahead of y'all today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm probably. It's great having. Let me say, it's great having Bart there. <laughs> he knows good. high school basketball is about as much as as anybody in this state. He, yeah. Uh, he's he's a marvel, and of course, he had a great career at Winfield High School, and then at Mississippi State. And I love working with him, doing the high school state. Hey, hey Kevin, I kind of lean on his knowledge. Ke- Kevin, yes, Kevin. Uh, can I mention to him that, that Barry and I took a team over there from Little Rock, but he was supposed to play and didn't get to play because he <laughs> he got disciplined that night because of some things he had done, and the the Little Rock team, full with Derek Fisher. 
beat Mississippi State, but you mentioned that to him that, that I just mentioned. I will him. on the air I today. It one more time. Not only a, a Mississippi State team that went to the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, we had a play. Yeah, Kevin, his freshman year. Kevin, we had a the ball out of bounds under yeah. our basket. Over the backboard. With .7 seconds. We didn't have a timeout. Ooh. So we could say we drew up a play. The guy ran off a screen. The guy showed who set the screen, the defender showed, the guy ran right to the rim, and Fisher threw it to the rim, and the guy one-hand dunked it with one hand. With wow. <laughs> he threw it on, think he threw it on the backboard. And uh, Rick Stansberry was Richard Williams' assistant. When I shook his hand, he said, I told Richard not to play this game. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He said, I told him not to play this game. And uh, anyway. Uh, I will I'll, I will remind part of that on the air. I like to, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, see, him, I'll see him today, but he'll walk by me fast. Oh, wow. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys up here. Right. I hope. Uh, yeah. You got that right. big beard. Oh, he's good. Right. Martin does a good job. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin, tell everybody, where, right. they can find, tell everybody where they can get you. Yes. Uh, yes. Follow me on Twitter slash X at Kevin Skarbinski. Get links to my Monday column in the Birmingham Lead, my Thursday newsletter, Scarbo Knows. Read yesterday's column about how there could be a six way tie for the SEC regular season championship. It's actually possible. I don't think it'll happen. It ain't, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. But the fact that it could happen, Wimp, with two weeks oh, left in the regular season. Well, there's a lot of things that could happen, but that ain't going to happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you up here tomorrow, Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to come up tomorrow and watch the 6A. So have a good, good day. Good deal. look forward to seeing you guys. You. All right. All right. Uh, we'll take this break. You listen to Tide 100.9. Is he home of Alabama sports? Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best station in the state, breaking down Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. One well, thing, pressure treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Going to build the fence, the deck, the pergola. Only one choice. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer. That is closest to you. You listen to Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Phone lines are open 205-342-9904. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. News from the NFL, where the Cincinnati Bengals announced they'll be using the franchise tag on wide receiver T. Higgins. Meanwhile, several running backs of note will reportedly not be franchise tagged. They include Titans running back Derrick Henry, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, and Giants running back Saquon Barkley. News from the NBA, four games. Knicks get by the Pistons 113-111. to New York scored the go-ahead bucket after being down one late after no foul was called. That helped them to get possession afterwards. Officials reviewed the video, said a loose ball foul shot 
should have been called on New York. Pacers fall at home to the Raptors, 130-122. to Heat over the Kings in Sacramento, 121-110. to Nets knock off the Grizzlies in Memphis, 111-86. to Top 25 college basketball, number 9, North Carolina beat Miami, 75-71. R.J. Davis for the Tar Heels, a career-high 42 points. The most points ever scored in the Dean Dome. Number 15, Baylor wins at TCU, 62-54. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour inside the locker room. I want to thank Andrew Knifer. Andrew is my Allstate insurance agent. Let him become yours. Out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. Uh, you look for home life auto. You won't have a backing of Allstate, but you have a local guy here that knows uh, where you need to go if you have a problem. He takes great, great care of me. Let him do the same for you. 205 722 Zero one Andrew Knifer, Allstate Insurance. Uh, Michael McGuire, who is a big Mississippi State fan, said thanks for the memories. I was at that. I was at that game, so he didn't appreciate <laughs> us bringing that up. Yeah, I can remember Stansberry. He was mad, and he looked at me and said, "I told Richard not to schedule that game." Like he thought we set him up. Uh, so uh, anyway, we didn't set him up. But it was a good win, though. And that was, sure a good, was. that was a good team. Yeah, they did. They were really good. They had a guard from Alabama that was good, too. Daryl Wilson, I think, was yeah. on. I think he was but on Andy the team. Court after. He gave him a bunch of money, went pro. Daryl Wilson? Recruited. Yeah, I should have recruited him. Well, um, speaking of recruiting now, um, do you even, if you're recruiting a guy right now, do you even, I mean, I know you do for the parents. Do you even talk about academics and all that kind of stuff now? Is it just, I mean, with certain families, I think you have to read it. But, I mean, a lot lot of these kids and families, they just want to know what your NIL deal is, right? I mean, so how much does, when we say we hired guys in football that we don't really know, that SEC recruiting is so cutthroat, but is it going to still be cutthroat now? Because it seems like it's going to be, um, be, all down to the money. I, I I think to answer that first question, that uh, you combine academics with money. We certainly, we, you know, we're 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 in a situation where we certainly want this young man to get an education. And I know you're interested in trying to trying to give as much. Help. I think you combine the two, and you talk to every every parent that you you don't just go you don't just go money. Um, but you you combine maybe you're a little bit phony with it. I don't know, but I, I think I think you can, that's what I would do. I would combine the the how much we want him to get a degree in education. It's up to him. We're gonna make him go to class, and and you know, and we we can be helpful. Here's what we can do for him. And now, you, you, I may t- say that to you, and you may say to me, "That's fine, coach," but. But uh, the university so and so just came in here, and, and they can do a lot more for him, uh, money wise than that. Um, where do you, where are you going to go with that? Now that's where I've got to swallow and say to them, 
Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do, I'll tell you what, we really want this, this young man. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> I, I'd hedge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, uh, I'd hedge. I, I mean, I'd they come on your visits now. You got to be ready to have that conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, everybody's thinking it. Uh, uh if you tell me you got you, we've got one. You got son. I got a grandson. That I'm crazy about you. You you. I present my case to you, and you say to me, "That's you know we we know we can get an education, but we wish you know university so and so is offers quite a bit more money. I I don't know what the deal is here. Um, I, I think you you better have another answer." <laughs> We'll see. I will see answer. Let me get back to my people answer. <laughs> now, if you were the father of the of the kid, would you have? Would you? How would you approach that with the schools if they don't bring it up? If it's the school he's interested in, would you have the coach do it, or would you say, "Hey, just you know, hey, what are we looking at?" I would here? have the coach do it, but I would go. I would go through that assistant coach is in there recruiting him. I, I would say, and, and if I didn't want to do it that way, I would call the assistant, but the head coach after his over and say, "Coach, we we I like that school. You know, we just can't. You think you could talk to him if he comes back by? You think you could talk to him about the money situation? Uh, I, I you you got to be." And for all you people that listen to his show, that goes on for every, almost everybody. And look at all the football players that Alabama has to recruit. Basketball is, is is not in numbers, but it's got to be the basketball in number. It's not in numbers, but it has to be correct. But if you're <laughs> sitting there and you're Nate Oates or Kalen DeBoer and you're having a staff meeting, are you saying, let's take the kid at Buckhorn for instance? All right, he's a only a sophomore, but a kid like that, he's he's going to be recruited by a lot of people. Are you talk? Are y'all talking in terms of how much do we going to have to put together to offer this kid? Like, what do you think? Are y'all are you having these conversations? Like, well, what is if Kentucky's coming in? What, what's can find out? I don't the, think that you're having. I don't think that you're having money conversations for a guy that comes to your campus at sophomore or junior. I don't think you do that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying a kid like that. Say he was a senior. I'm talking. I'm talking oh, about see, the hot see. shot. The hot shot yeah. recruit. Yeah. Well, you better. And you're in the. Are you trying to yeah. get him for a bargain? Are you saying what's yeah. this one going to well, cost us? You don't leave there by saying you don't leave there by this. You've, you've worked your butt off on this guy. I worked on this guy two years. I worked on some of them two and three years. You you don't walk out and say, well, you know, I, I appreciate. We just we just can't do. We just can't honor that. You don't do that. You leave. You leave in the mind that you're going, which you're probably going to do. That you're going to be, you're going to be out and try to get this thing rectified and, and get. Uh, now, uh, did the other t- did the other school or two or three coming in offer that kind of money? I don't know. He, if, if that if that daddy says we've had several schools offer us quite a bit more than that, or does he say to you? We've had we've had one school that's in your league that's offered us quite a bit more than that. All right, um, now let me let me <laughs> let me take another step further. Justin, you listening to all this? This is this is real world problems here now. So your your son comes there. All right, and he was a good recruit, but you know he wasn't five star. 
and he plays unbelievable his freshman year. Yep. Are you going to go to him and say, guys, look, man, he loves it here at the University of Alabama, but this NIL, the NIL deal he's getting, it ain't even close to what he can get it. So are you going to negotiate at that point and just say, hey, if you guys can get to this number, then he'll stay. Okay. If he can't, then he's going to have to go to the portal. Well, My negotiation going. there would be to go to make a trip to see the the head foot the head basketball football coach at at the high school and ask him to say something to the assistant coach that recruited the kid. I'm afraid Joe's going to leave. He's talking about money on me, coach. And I said I need for you to know it because you know you did a good job recruiting him. And I, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's talking money. I'm, I'm afraid he's, you, you need to, you need to think that thing through and see what you can do. Um, so I, I think that now if a guy has formed a relationship with other players, uh, he likes it there, uh, then that becomes a little bit more talk than real reality. If I like, if I like, if I like rooming with Bill. Yeah, you like, well, I'm sure, I don't know this, I'm it's sure hard. Caleb Downs loved his teammates. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just say, for kicks and giggles, he was getting 100 grand from Alabama. Well, if Ohio State's going to give him 600, I mean, he likes them, but he don't like them $500,000 worth. Mm. He says, I, says, I like y'all, and, and I'll be able to fly to see you more, but because I'm going to have... Right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. You know, one of the worst things I thought, and I, I brag on Alabama football and all that, but one of the worst things in the world is quarterback leaving and going to Ohio State. I mean, he he is with Abbott practice with Tommy and them. They're uh, getting it. They, yeah. And, let me ask they, you this one. They go to the cotton picking bowl, Barry, and he practices at the bowl, and he comes back home and goes. Let uh, me ask you this one. Cool. Let's say Justin, you thought. You signed a five star, and you said, "You know what? I'm gonna give. We're gonna give this guy two fifty. He comes in there, and you watch him, and you say, "Oh my gosh, this kid can't play a lick." Uh, are you gonna go to your assistants in that and say, "I know we gave him two fifty this year, but he he he's getting a scholarship next year. That two fifty's gone. You taking the guy's money if he's doesn't pan out to be as good that, as you that's, think?" Oh yeah, that's an impossible one there. Is uh, it? The only thing you, you only I thought you fixed to say about you offered this guy two fifty, but you hadn't seen him play as the head coach, and he comes in. I'm saying he got his two fifty his freshman year, but he, oh, you realize okay. he's not going to be any good, so you don't really care if he goes to the portal. Yeah. Justin, you're going to oh. say oh. take his two fifty. His two fifty's well, gone. Yeah. What you do there? What you do there, Justin? Is that you're the head coach? <laughs> you go to your assistant coach. You say, look, Bills. They tell me Bills interested in. Maybe trying to get out of here. Go ahead and let him go. Yeah, uh, I think maybe you need to. And he was uh, like, "No, no, no, I ain't, I ain't going. I ain't going. I'm yeah. getting my two Yeah, I ain't going. I, yeah, I think we just we need. I mean, to I, that's the, what these guys are. <laughs> and who wants to? Who that is not coaching. Who wants no, to? No, it, 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 people don't understand that this conversation that we're having right now is is a down to real conversation. I don't know if all the Toms and Phillips and all those people are listening to this. But it, it is a down-to-earth conversation for every cotton-picking player. And when Coach Bryant, when Coach Bryant, when Coach Saban says, "God, oh, football's gone to the dogs," and it's the worst, it's the worst ever. That ever, that's what he means by that. Because he doesn't get involved in it. The only only place he gets involved is when the assistant coach comes to him and tells him his problem. 
now, and that is a cotton picky. I'm about to lose the guy. Yeah, and so. the guy's either you're going to take his money or he wants more. Yeah. And so now you got to figure out. That's why they got to come up with some structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Jay Bill is for that? I mean, I don't even know how to ask him that and in the right way. I ain't going to. I am. In some way, I have to. But I don't I don't know how. And he'll say, well, it's free market. Everybody else, coaches can do it. I mean, that's what they'll say. They can. I want to ask you a basketball yeah. question. Uh, this is something I've thought about recently. We, we talked about the video game or whatever that's coming out and how the players are getting paid. Is every college athlete going to need a, a representative, an agent, so that you can, you're going to look at it, come back a year, like you said, Barry, if you're a five-star and get paid like one, then they're like, well, you didn't perform, so we need to adjust your contract. Is that just with the student? Who, who's directing? That's why I'm saying these guys got to have – they got to have some representation. Mean, I mean, this guy, in, in essence, it's like if you're in the NFL, you sign a contract. You can, I mean, you can say I'm le- – you, you can't leave. You're set. You're stuck. But in college, that guy can go to the portal every year. If he can keep going and getting more money, why shouldn't he? Right? I mean, we can get mad, but I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it's just it, it's I went mess. through all that stuff on, on a basis of trying to get a, a nine-month-summer job. But you're job. trying to do it <laughs> under the table. You're not trying to do it. I mean, I don't know. It's well, different. Right. You're only doing it for like one or two in those situations. You ain't doing it for the whole team. Well, you know, it, it, you know, you you got mad at the guy that got fired at LSU and went to McNeese and done well. But the only thing he did was he just did it earlier than everybody else. Yeah, he was doing it good, and he was good at it too, man. He when he he could evaluate the ones yeah. he was going to buy. He wasn't yeah, buying he, bad he, ones. He, he, he ain't paying no, ba- he ain't buy no bad. Jim Laranega bought some bad ones uh, this yeah. year. All right, we'll yeah. take the break. We'll see if Jay Bills is ready. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. Swing on down to Skyland Boulevard. See Justin. See David. Look at the. Beautiful 2024s. They're on the lot. They're all coming in as well. So you can go to the website, see what's coming, what's going. They've talked about this Grand Highlander. Uh, beautiful SUV, a little bit bigger uh, SUV. They changed the body style a little bit on this. Swing by there. See all the trucks, the cars, uh, the RAVs. Uh, they're ready to make a deal for you. Swing by there today and tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. If you go to the website, you can schedule a service right there at TuscaloosaToyota.com. You're listening to Tide 100.9 see Home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We're still seeing a pretty good backup along the southbound lanes of Highway 69 approaching Union Chapel Road. Once you get past that down into Northport, there's more slowing ahead on southbound Lurling Wallace as you approach University. That backup to the other side of the river. So some pretty good slowing remains as we head for the stretch run of Morning Drive. But no major accidents, at least so far this morning. With the Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. This report is you. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today. Mostly cloudy and breezy. A small chance of a shower. The high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy. Becoming windy. The low 62. Rain at times tomorrow. Turning colder. Temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion. Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. 
back to Inside the Locker Room. Phone lines are open 205-342-9904. Still waiting on uh, Jay to get out of his yeah. break. It may be, it may be we, we don't have it five minutes with him. I just don't well, However long we had, we'd do it. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll get with Jay. But uh, as we're talking for going to break, um, you know, I think Greg Byrne was even speaking at the uh, tip-off club. And these guys, uh, they've got to say, hey, NIL is here. we got to deal with it. It's part of the process. Now, he's right about that. Um, and and – um, so it's it's gotten into recruiting now. When these judges keep putting these temporary orders, they just open up um, all these deals where there's no structure involved there, and it was not supposed to be able to be used in recruiting. And it's completely changed now with these collectives. So um, is that what these coaches now are talking about now <laughs> when they're when they're meeting about recruiting? Is that one of the top things? Is what what's our are they budgeting out their NIL and, and who they're going after? I mean, in basketball, you're not signing that many guys. Football, you're looking at 25. Are all these guys expecting something that yeah. they're recruiting? Yeah, if you want to ask these big talents, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people come in and offer them something uh, and really not have it, <laughs> knowing they probably can't get them to start with. But they jack it up for them. Make make it miserable for the other guy in their league. Could <laughs> you see him doing hope. that, Justin? Huh? A school comes in and knows they're not going to get him, so they say they give him some outrageous number that they really can't pay it, and he doesn't know whether it's true or not. So then that makes them the kid go back to the other school and say, "Well, I'm I got an offer of you know four hundred thousand. Then when they had no intentions of paying you for that hundred, I mean, there's like there's there's some gamesmanship to this thing, right, Justin? There, yeah, there definitely is some gamesmanship. <laughs> like this is like bidding. Like I mean, that's all it is, is bidding right? on players. So if you want to bump up the price, you can set it. But I guess if you say you're going to pay a kid a million dollars, you can you imagine how many times in a in a coach's meeting when they say that guy he he ain't worth a crap. He wants what? Will it turn? Could it turn you off? I guess it could turn you off. Uh, yeah, oh sure. Yeah, it can turn you off. It, it, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a mind game that you have to go through, and you're you're sitting there. You know, my in my area, there's ten players. There's ten prospects. There's ten prospects in my area of Mobile that I want. Now I got to do this with all of them. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, when I was at Alabama, everybody had their own area: Mobile, Birmingham, North Alabama, whatever. Um, that was that was what people did. And you have those prospects in that area. You know, you go in there, you've got to deal with each one. Um, the other problem you have, Barry, is when you have two prospects from the same school. Two. <laughs> And think about, y'all hadn't thought about that one. You have two from the same school, and one of them's a, one of them's a running back, and one of them's an offensive lineman. <laughs> you think they're talking? <laughs> Are the dads talking? Well, you're getting you're giving the offensive you're giving the quarterback more money to start with because he's a, he's at a skill position. The offensive lineman's important, but he don't get you know he. Ain't, He's important, but people don't. And, and uh, the quarterback's no good unless you got him. But it, 
But you got two in the same school, and the daddies are at every game, and they and the mamas, you know, good and well, they visit. I mean, you you got you got you know you could have two and three. They go to these academies and, and look at these kids, and there's two or three prospects from there. So. Yeah, um, I wonder how much uh, Justin. I don't know. You're closer to these. Are these kids on Alabama? Uh, are they discussing among each other what what each other's getting, or are they is it just kind of? I mean, you don't. I don't ask you what you're making. You don't ask me what I'm making. Like, yeah, that's pretty much. But for kids, do they do they think like that? Are, are they? Is one receiver trying to figure out what the other receivers make? Are they talking to each other about this? From from my. Uh, little insight that I have. I have a cousin who's being recruited right now. He's a three-star offensive lineman. Um, being recruited by Alabama? By several SEC schools. Okay. Um, he told me that when he went to the camps this past uh, winter break, this past summer, that a lot of these guys that were going to be there in the spring for LSU and blah, 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 all these different schools, were they were telling their number. They had numbers um, that they were going to be receiving once they were uh, enrolled and going to these schools. So I, I have no doubt they probably are. They probably are talking about it. If, if, if they're talking about it in the camps, <laughs> I'm sure they're going, well, how much did uh, Jalen Milrow, how much did you make on those Lank T-shirts again? Oh, maybe I need to get on those T-shirts too or something like that. Yeah. Um you think they're talking, Dad, in the locker rooms about who's getting what? And, of course, people always um, lie, right? They always lie a little bit because they don't want to be embarrassed that so-and-so's getting this, so I got to at least say I'm getting a little bit more. You think those guys are communicating in there? Oh, that? I'm sure, yeah. You know, there, there's there's all kind of talk about the people themselves as well as all the people that surround them. Think of all the girlfriends and mothers and phew, just a it's quite um, right different than it used to be when I was doing it. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know what your priorities now. That's why I just think that I think that's what Coach Saban's saying. Like he don't mind paying the guys. He doesn't mind a guy selling his jersey and and make whatever he can make off the jersey. That's based on his popularity. But there's got to be some structure involved, like that they know how to handle it. This this is just the wild wild west. And I don't think a guy like Coach Saban, he's made enough money. He doesn't want to have to deal with that. Some guy coming in and saying, well, and I'll stay, but I got to get this. Now, are these guys going to all be walking away? No, I mean, these guys are making crazy money, more money than they've ever made. They'll deal with it. Uh, but the guys that are at the end of their careers are saying, I've had enough of that. All right, let's take a break. We'll try to call Jay here now, see what happens. Before we do it, though, let's tell him about Bryant Bank. Bryant Bank. Well, Bryant Bank uh, has four locations in, in the city of Tuscaloosa, but not only there, but also in Birmingham and throughout the state. Uh, with the four locations, uh, you, you're going to enjoy online banking, which is uh, certainly uh, accessible to you around the clock. Uh, gives you you know the freedom to really bank the way you want to bank, and um, uh, I think it makes it much easier on you. Um, you can get the, the loans for the houses that you're looking for. They've got people that will help you there. You're going in to see a homegrown bank that's going to be with you for, for life and one that you can step in to, to know the bank and know the banker. And I think that I think that's really critical. You know, we got to the small businesses that uh, that you get, 
to use the bank to in order to run your business and so many of these businesses are targeted by fraud attempts every day and and uh going through a different day and age that uh you need to know your bank and and your bankers I talk about that all the time so um they've got they'll give you unbeatable service uh you know they they've got a, a great legacy of of being very very successful uh coach Bryant was wonderful person here and his son was named after them but they know what they're doing so i would go by and visit with them and set up an account or be helped by them and i would appreciate it barry and i would appreciate it if you tell them that you heard it on inside the locker room and and so that we can uh, continue to have Bryant bank as one of our sponsors all right, we'll take this break. We get back, we'll uh, we'll reach out to Jay, see what that said. No, we'll take your phone calls, 205-342-9904. Also, take a look at the uh, SEC games tonight and tomorrow. You're just tied 100.9 SC home of Alabama Sports. Follow the Crimson Tide on their journey to another national championship. Touchdown, Alabama! On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room as we look at the SEC games tonight. Uh, big game, I think, for uh, really both teams. Uh, Kentucky uh, travels over to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, you know, they're still on the bubble. This would be a game that could uh, probably put them in the tournament as long as they finish uh, properly. Kentucky's on a roll, uh, playing really well at Auburn, then played probably their best game of the year against Alabama, so they seem to be peaking at the proper time. So for both schools, Kentucky's clearly in the tournament. Uh, they're probably looking to get that double bye uh, in the SEC tournament. Mississippi State trying to get in it. Uh, Mississippi State's actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight over in Starkville. I would think this would be a, a hard sellout. How do you see this game going tonight, though? With with Kentucky and State, yeah, yeah, I think Kentucky wins in a in a ten point game. Well, so you think Kentucky wins with Mississippi State's favor? Well, man, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm just asking. Yeah, I mean, you can if you think Kentucky, you think Kentucky's gonna win by ten. You said so. You don't even. Well, I don't know. There's ten. I shouldn't have said ten. I, I didn't. I, the, the gamblers are a lot smarter than I am. I, I think the defense. I think your defense is good for Mississippi State, but I don't think it lasts forty minutes. Yeah, uh, that's what I think. I think it lasts. It, it's good. Now, if Mississippi, if, if Kentucky, the same Kentucky it's, team that went to LSU, yeah, lost. that's what I, I you just took the words out of my mouth. If it's the same Kentucky team that goes to LSU, Mississippi State wins. I mean, they were brutal at Mississippi State, but they got ready to play. And you know, you know, everybody doesn't know this, but. Barry and I understand it. When you score on one end, you're better defensively on the other. I don't think they were great defensively. Uh, they they had a plan of of, of opening the, the door up so that Alabama could drive, I thought. And Alabama did drive, and Alabama did score, but they just caught thinking far behind and couldn't catch up. So. Yeah, so anyway, that, that's a big game tonight, uh, 6 o'clock on ESPN, so we'll see if uh, the hump is rocking tonight. Uh, a game that really has no uh, bearing on anything. Neither team's going anywhere unless they win the SEC tournament. 
uh, but Georgia travels to LSU. LSU's actually a little bit better uh, than I really anticipated them being. They have won uh, six league games. They're they're trying to have a winning record, and so is Georgia. Uh, LSU at home, four-and-a-half-point favor against the Bulldogs tonight. LSU's four-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think LSU covers that probably. Georgia played them good for a while. Georgia's probably better on a neutral court. Uh, LSU uh, is – they don't defend very well, but they got that big guy who shoots it pretty good. And, and Georgia has a tendency just to fall down in the last five minutes of the game. And, and it's not just one game. It's every every game they play. It's, it's unbelievable. So I don't know. All right, then uh, the last game tonight, uh, SEC Network, Vanderbilt 2-12. and 12. Uh, Arkansas has started playing a little bit better. Uh, they have won five uh, league games. Now this game is in Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas, uh, a 10.5-point favorite tonight against Vanderbilt. Is uh, Coach Stackhouse, is, is his run coming to an end there at Vanderbilt? Uh, I don't season? think so. Really? I don't think it is. I think they, I think they've got uh, people in administrative from the president on down who, who, yeah, yeah. are not into it. All right, uh, Jay just said he got out of his meeting. Give him five minutes. Uh, he's going down the elevator. So I'll tell you what, we'll do. We go ahead and take a break. So we'll get that break out of the way. That way we won't. We can run him to the end of the show uh, there for about ten minutes, fifteen minutes or so. So we'll take this break. Uh, we get back, we'll get uh, we'll get Jay Billis in. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. It looks like most of you have arrived where you're going this morning as our morning backups have pretty rapidly dissipated. Not that they were ever that bad to begin with, but if you're traveling along Lurling Wallace coming down from Northport, crossing over the Hugh Thomas Bridge down to University, no problems there. Earlier backup has dissipated. And I-2059 from Foster's out to the Cottondale area, you're moving nicely there as well. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Wednesday, 7.30. Reese Davis will join us. We'll talk about ESPN game day coming to Tuscaloosa. we also talk about the Tennessee game with Reese. In the second hour, we'll talk with Bill Cameron. We'll break down the Auburn Tigers with Bill. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tune in to Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. 
you inside in the locker room. We're going to get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline, obviously. Well. Uh, was a great player at Duke uh, with the ESPN game day. Now as a lawyer there. I think he lives in uh, Charlotte, but being yeah. here this weekend, uh, not to play golf. Uh, like you, didn't you play golf with him, Dad? Uh, no, I had played golf. Oh. We'll get Jay. He, he Good morning, have time. Good he morning Jay. Time How are you, Jay? Hey, Good Jay. morning, gentlemen. How are you? I thought, you, I well, thought Jay came and played Nick Saban's golf thing. Didn't you come play in that one time, Jay? Nick yeah, Saban's? I played it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I guess you're wrong on that. Uh, look, when Jay's on... Let me let me just tell everybody the facts. When you listen to him do a game, he just tells you what happened the last play. If your grandmother's sitting over in the corner, you understand it, and then he doesn't say anything. And the rest of these goobers want to give you all kind of cuts and screens and crap. This guy's a, he he does as good as anybody could could do. Just not trying to show himself off. Just calls the cotton picking game. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Coach. How you doing? I appreciate that. It's good to be with you guys. Um, tell our listeners real quick: if is there anything wrong with college basketball on the court? Not we're not talking about storming quite yet. Is anything wrong with college basketball on the court as it's played right now? Not that I can tell. I mean, I, there are probably a few tweaks and rules that we can make. I, I happen to believe, and there may be reasonable disagreement about this, but. I happen to believe that the change in the charge block rule has really helped the game. Uh, there's more there's more plays at the basket. It's really really improved everything. Uh, we could probably do a better job on what they call the vertical contest at the rim, where instead of taking a charge, you just jump up in the air, and there's a lot of body contact. But other than that, I think the game is scoring is up, turnovers are down. I think it's been a really enjoyable game to watch, and and I I, I think the players like it more now. Oh, uh, you're going to a to a game Saturday where the SEC is going to get you know I, I'm just going to say six seven teams I don't I'm not carrying on about that ACC has gone so sort of get down in the number of teams that they play, have played. There's a SEC although it's football country seems to have gotten a lot not it hadn't gotten a lot better when I was coaching because it was hard when I was coaching. You know we played home and home. Uh, but it has is getting a few more teams hitting the Big Twelve, and the ACC is maybe not quite as good. Yeah, coach, it's it's really a difficult thing to talk about the best league because yeah, right. people seem to be talking about different criteria for it. Is it is it the most teams that can reach a Final Four and compete for the whole thing, or is it just the most teams that get into the tournament or the the best league top to bottom? Because as you know, once you get into the tournament committee room, they don't. They don't care about your conference affiliation. They're looking at each schedule individually and comparing it against other teams around the country uh, in order to select and seed. But now with these bigger conferences, um, do I think it was better when you and I were were doing this? You know, back in the '80s and early night. Yeah, I do think it was better because you had home and home games. Yeah, uh, and your you players know. stayed with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's part of it. But but it was more sort of the the back and forth thing of of hey you know you guys clipped us at your place but now you got to come back to our place and, and we get we get our turn. There's yeah. not as much of that, but uh, but things have changed, so you have to deal with it. But I think the Southeastern Conference it's it's the SEC and the Big Twelve to me is the two best leagues. I think the SEC has better teams at the top than the Big Twelve does. More of them, uh, but the Big Twelve is probably. Uh, uh, has a little bit more parity throughout the, the top to bottom of the league. So their their numbers are a little bit better when you compare the league just because the bottom of the league is doing better than the bottom of the SEC. But that's a, you know, to me, 
that doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. I'm not really worried about which bottom teams are better in, in what league. Uh, we're talking with Jay Bills. Jay, I heard your stance uh, Saturday about expanding the tournament. It sounded like you were uh, absolutely, oh, I agree absolutely with against it. Yeah. But I want to ask you about a team like Sanford. Uh, you know, they've had a tremendous year. Now, I know they have an opportunity to win their conference tournament. But is there a way to get a Sanford in and not get, like, the ninth team in the SEC in if, if Sanford doesn't win their tournament? There, of course there is. I mean, we could change the way we select teams and put a limit on power conferences. But then you're telling a group of players that have played a really difficult schedule. And now, if you think Samford is better than the ninth team in the SEC or the ninth team in any other league, then we should put them in. Like, to me, that that's not that difficult. Um, but but if you think that that the other team is better and you're just putting Samford in because you like the visual and and you know it's one for the little guy or tie should go to the runner type of mentality, then we need to change the rules to reflect that. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that if we want to do it. I just don't see how people can complain about access to the tournament. Yeah, I just don't um, like when people say, "Well, who did they play?" Well, Samford can't get these SEC teams to play them, or you know, unless they'll let somebody bomb. So they don't get an opportunity to get all these quality wins that, that maybe uh, an Ole Miss gets the chance. They're right there on the bubble. So I, I don't like that argument against a team like Samford. Well, yeah, but but at the same time, if Samford is the best team in its league and everybody knows it, yeah. then the league needs to change their mindset on how they hand out the automatic bid. Good point. You know, every league has an automatic bid. And they can hand it out however they want. They can give it to the regular season champion. They can have a tournament. They can arm wrestle. They can have a raffle. They can do whatever they want. So if you're trying to elevate your league, but, but the truth is all these leagues want the money from a conference championship game. That's, what they, that's why they're doing it. They want the excitement, and they want, uh, they want everybody to feel like they got a chance. And then when, when they have an upset champion that goes into the league and then their, their, their best team gets left out of the, uh, the, the at-large discussion, then they have an issue. Yeah. Um, and, and if you really feel that way, if you want your best team in that's really going to elevate your league, then, then have a system where your best team's going to get in. Yeah. I, I, um, I watched it game day the other day, and you talked about the mention about people going on the court. Your statement was uh, – Fans don't need to be on the court. That's for players. And the lady there, the girl that was there, I could tell you she wanted to make a little bit of an argument the other way. It hacked you off a little, but you you, you kept your cool. Um, uh, I thought you were good. Um, what can we do to stop that? Well, Coach, I mean, one, I don't think anybody wants to stop it, honestly, because the schools and the conferences like the visual. of uh, it, it seems to indicate that, your fans are passionate, and uh, uh, I think it's just a player safety issue. We've been really lucky. Like, Kyle Filipowski got injured. We're, we're lucky it wasn't more serious. And honestly, we're lucky that he or other players don't retaliate and take a swing at some of these fans that may say some, something to them or bump them or yeah. things like that. Um, if we wanted to stop it, and that was sort of what my statement was, now I'm seen as like this law and order guy. Um, but, but if we wanted to stop it, we could stop it tomorrow. All they have to do is give out citations for criminal trespass to everybody that's on the floor. If they ran on the floor at halftime, they'd be tackled to the ground by security. And, uh, so they're saying, Hey, we can't stop them from coming on. Well, you can stop them from coming off. 
Like, they're not going to rush the court to get out. Because uh, what they do is they run on the court, they jump around for a minute and a half, TV goes away, and then they mill around for a few seconds like they're at a cocktail party, and everybody leaves. It's really not that big of a deal. The The problem is is the player safety issue and, and the safety of the coaches and the officials. Um, we say we care about that, but our actions don't indicate that we really do. And uh, I'm not saying I want to stop it. But to me, if we get to a scenario where, okay, well, I've heard people say, all right, they can come on a minute after the game's over. Like, it's not a court storming if it's, if it's planned. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's not going to work, and we're going to have the same sort of issues. Like, what, you know, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to stop them from coming out before the shot clock goes off? Uh, none of that makes any sense. Um, the truth is we're not going to stop it, and I understand that. But to me, it's simple. Fans don't belong on the court. Players don't belong in the stands. That's simple. And uh, I just don't see how you guys remember in the 80s, uh, 70s and 80s when, uh, you know, the Yankees would win the World Series. And the, the players have to crush people to get off the field. Same thing in the NBA. They don't do it anymore. And it hasn't diminished the games in any way. Uh, we're talking with Jay Bell. Jay, help me here with the difference between – I understand NIL. I heard Johnny Manziel talk about NIL was a thing when he could have made $10 million on his jersey. Probably could have. But the collective part is what I don't understand, how that happened, where people just put money in a pot and now it's it's fallen into recruiting. Just your thoughts about the differences between NIL and then collectives. How did we get to the collective part? Well, NIL, I think, was was thought to be um, you would have, like, say, companies or local businesses that would contract with players to be ambassadors for their business or do a commercial or do, do something like that, do appearances. But it was always going to get to recruiting. It was always going to happen. Uh, the schools want to pay these players. They want to have the best players. And they're going to do what it takes to get it. So they started these collectives where they could pool money together and then offer it to the players and, and have it, you know, fit NIL. So they tell, uh, they tell the player, look, we're going to pay you $500,000, um, for the year. And they spread it out over the course of the year. So you have to make 10 appearances, one at a soup kitchen, one, uh, you got to appear at a shopping mall and sign autographs. You know, they're, they're kind of meaningless deals. But that way the, the schools can get the players paid. And they claim that the schools have, have no interaction with the collectives, but the collectives aren't out like making recruiting decisions for the coaches. The coaches are telling the collective, here's the guy we want. Here's how much it's going to take. Go get it done. And it's just normal business. I didn't anticipate collectives would pop up, but uh, uh, something's going to fill that void where, you know, the NCAA is trying to restrict normal commerce. Well, now, now that uh, we missed, I wasn't going to start mentioning this, but the, the, Double transfer. The transfer rule is, to me, is is hurt. Um, you may, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I just think that uh, you lose too many guys over over money, over discipline, over everything. Uh, maybe the one transfer because I know you're fixing to tell me that coaches coaches uh, move move when they want to. Uh, explain your thoughts on that, please. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal, but um, the NCAA had no uh, other choice. They were fighting in court over money, and yet they were restricting where players could transfer and making them sit out a year, which was the equivalent of a non-compete co- uh, provision in a, an employment contract. 
and they were fighting court over money and it was making them look bad. So they came up with this transfer portal thing. What people don't understand is regular students transfer at a much higher rate than, than athletes transfer. Much higher rate. So that's sort of the world we're living in. I think it, if we just gave up on the idea of amateurism and, uh, and went strictly to the schools being allowed to pay the players, everything would be fine. The schools would then sign players to contracts. You sign them to a contract, and then you can put a buyout in the contract, have contract conditions. All the movement would, would essentially stop. Uh, or if somebody wants to pay that buyout, then go ahead and go. But you can contract with the players over those issues, and it really wouldn't be that difficult. Okay. When you say contract, so we could put the guy under a, a three-year deal, he has to stay here three years, or what do you say in there, Jay? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You sign a guy to a contract the same way you'd sign a coach yeah, and uh, or, or any other administrator. You know, you Good sign him to a deal. The player yeah. agrees. Maybe the player says, all right, I'm not going to go for three years. I'll give you two years and an option for a third. Okay. And the school says, all right, we're going to pay you half a million bucks, but the buyout's going to be half a million bucks. And then if they want to leave, you can't stop them from leaving, but you can require them. And who's going to come in? and pay that buyout and then pay the, the yeah. player what, what he was making. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think it's a good good solution. Better, obviously, than what we have now. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're coming in town this week. I want to ask you about Coach K. Uh, what what made him so special? And then, you know, he he was able to, to coach the superstar to and handle him, which a lot of guys can't do that. Just talk a bit about Coach. I think the same thing that made Coach Sanderson great uh, and still does is he had a, a unique ability to be competitive and demanding without being demeaning. And yeah. at the same time, putting you in a position where you felt like you could go out and achieve. And, uh, you know, you were held accountable for your mistakes, but he, he never put you in a position where you were afraid to make a mistake, if that made sense. So you were, you were really able to go out and achieve. Uh, it wasn't always pleasant. You know, he called me some names I didn't know existed, <laughs> sure. but uh, but it was fantastic. I'm I'm so privileged to have played for him. Well, Jay, when you come to town, Reese should know all the spots here in Tuscaloosa. I know you guys aren't going to be here long, but make sure he he takes you to a couple good spots. Make sure he pays uh, as well. But, yeah, that that isn't going to happen. But he'll he'll be he'll be tied up in local salons, getting his hair done, his nails done. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't see him. Spray, spray tan. Yeah, he, so, yeah. Jay's got Jay's on, he, Jay's on it, boy. I tell you one thing, he, he, he knows what's going on. I want to thank you for being on. I appreciate it very much. I told him, I said, if he's on five minutes, it's worth it. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Right. Thank you for having right. me. Thank you. All, All right. right. There's Jay. Good Bass. answers there, Barry. No, no, I think he does that year contract. So you got a yeah. contract. You're getting this much NIL money. If you leave, somebody's got to pay that buyout or you're not eligible. Yeah. That'll work. All right. All right. Yeah. That's it for today's show. We ran it right up to the end. Then we'll get out of here. Uh, pretty good idea, don't you think there, Justin? Uh, if it's a contract, then everybody knows what you're dealing with there. Uh, I think that's the most realistic outlook. I think that's where <laughs> we're headed. Yeah, uh, probably are. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll make way for the Gary Harris Show, so keep it locked in here all day long. You listen to Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. It's the home of Alabama sports.